You're listening to The Mom and Spurred Show, episode 160 with Wendy Lee. Welcome to The Mom and Spurred Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I am super excited to have Wendy Lee on the show today. If you were a big fan of Little House on the Prairie, then you will know Wendy as Baby Grace. So she also has a twin sister who also played Baby Grace, and her name is Brenda. Um, But today we are talking to Wendy, and I wanted to have her on the show just to kind of talk to her about her experience um, starting off, you know, being a child actress at eight months old, but also in her more recent years finding out that she had a brain tumor and how that changed her life. And so we just talk about how God writes our stories. And sometimes it's not always pretty and it's not always easy, but it's still God writing our own individual stories. So I hope that you guys find this episode to be inspiring. And if you have friends that are diehard Little House on the Prairie fans, make sure to share this with them. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, you guys, I have something pretty exciting that I want to share with you. So in October, I hit 50 pounds down. That's right. 50 pounds down in 10 months. And if you've been listening to this show for the past few months, I've been talking about my weight loss journey at the beginning of every show. But if you guys want to hear more of the details, make sure to tune in December because I'm really going to go into detail what really worked for me, what products I use, and what I've learned during the past 10 months. I've had so many women come up to me and ask me what I've been doing, and I do like to share with them how I started this journey to begin with. So if you want to know that, make sure you go to episode 112 with Amanda Nybert. I did her program, and that is really how I got the ball rolling. And I still use a lot of what I learned from her today. And so I would highly recommend her program. It's a seven-week online program. And I just feel like if you've been stuck and you need some accountability, structure, and help with meal planning, this is such a perfect plan for you. And not only that, but she has given she has given us a $10 referral code. Um, so you want to make sure you get that $10 off. So you need to go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash lean. And before you check out, you're going to see a box that says referral code. This is where you need to make sure you put in the code. And when you go to this page, you will see the codes. But just in case you want to hear it, the code is MOM, M-O-M, in order to get the $10 off. And when you make a purchase using my code, I do get a commission that helps support the show. But I wanted you guys to know that I only recommend products or services that I use myself. So that is why I don't promote a lot of different things on the show. So you guys, if you have friends that are struggling with their weight, maybe you don't struggle with that, please make sure to share this with them and let them know about the series that is coming up in December. Because I know it can be very isolating when you're trying to lose weight. And I never want anyone to feel alone. Also, I just want to say, I know the holidays are coming up and people are already probably thinking about Christmas cookies and all the things that they're going to eat. But I do want to say this from experience. I'm glad I started when I did. There are so many reasons that I could have pushed it off and said, I'm not going to do it. My birthday's in January and I started in January. I could have just said, well, I'll wait till this time. And I've done that too many years in a row. And just imagine starting 2020, 10 pounds down instead of 10 pounds up. I feel like it would really set you up for 2020 and really get you on a great path and feeling good about yourself. And so don't let the holidays get in the way of your goals. All right, let's go to the show. 
Wendy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you, Amber. I'm so happy to be here. So Wendy, I like to start off every show with an icebreaker on travel. I am a travel agent. So I just like asking my guests their favorite vacation spots and why. And this can be with or without kids. Okay. Well, most of my best trips are without kids because my (laughs) my husband and I go on like a big trip every five years for anniversary. And so my favorite spot was five years ago, we went to New Zealand and it was amazing. Now I can't not mention Croatia because we were just there like two weeks ago, two weeks ago. So, and it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. But we had some blunders. (laughs) What happened? I'm curious because um, that's on my list. People know if they listen to my show enough, they know that I want to go to Croatia. It's just a long hike. I mean, but New Zealand's further. So, (laughs) yes, New Zealand's further. Um, no, we, it was just things out of our control. Mm. A flight got canceled. Like Mm. a couple of days of our trip just went out the window and, my husband lost his bag. And so then he didn't oh, have his bag no. for three days and trying to get it. And then you're like, what do you do when you only have one pair of underwear? Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So that's not the beginning of the trip was super like frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then it all just got better. Oh, so good. <laughs> where'd you go? Where'd amazing. you go in Croatia? Split? Um, we, we did spend a little bit of time in Split. Um, I would say my favorite thing in Croatia was Plitvica National Park. And it yes. is was amazing. Okay. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And then we kind of went down the coast. We went to a couple of the islands, which was mm. super amazing. And then we ended our trip in Dubrovnik, which was yeah. awesome. So did <laughs> so you it was great. did you get a boat and take it out to the islands? Yes. We took a ferry. Oh ferry. Okay. From Split and yep. we went to Corchula and we stayed in Corchula for a night. We should have stayed mm. two nights. Okay. And then we took another ferry over to Millet, which is this little tiny and there also is a national park on that island, and we stayed there for a couple of days, and they were both fabulous. Mm. So this is good I would to know. stay on islands more. Okay, if it so was me. That's good to know because <laughs> we, yeah, we can we booked to Croatia and stuff like that. So I always like asking people who have gone, like, really, how do they like the breakdown of the trip? So you wish you were to stayed on the little islands more than what you more. did. Hmm. Yes, but I would still do like if I told anyone to go Croatia, I'd still say you have to go to Plut Pizza. It is magical. Yes, that place yes. was so amazing. I we could have skipped a, a couple places. Like we didn't yeah, need to do like a to couple it. of the walled cities. Oh, got it. Okay, <laughs> we did a lot yeah. of walled cities. You're like if I'm you're done do with Dub- this walled city. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna do Dubrovnik, yeah, I don't you're know fine. If you need to do any of the other ones. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. So how was fabulous? How many nights were you there total? Um, well, the whole trip was two weeks. So, but you know, travel in there and I know. all that. So, so do you feel like that's what you really needed you to go to Croatia because of the, how far it is and to be able to see things? Do you feel like that was good or do you feel like you could have shortened it or just changed it around with how many nights you would have put in certain places? Uh, well, I, I honestly don't know if you could, I guess you could shorten it if you only stayed in one or two places, right. but because we wanted to see several things and you know, you're you traveling in between places, yes. yep. but I would never stay at a place for only one night, which we did a few times and, and you wish I you regretted it. Yes. Okay. So pick the places you really want to see yeah, and stay two nights. Okay. The places you don't need to see, just Mm -hmm. drive through and have lunch and keep going. (laughs) Keep on driving. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I like when I um, talk to people and they really make a point of doing things for their anniversaries or, or just making a point to kind of go on couples trips, like on a normal basis. It, it can be like every year. It could be five years, like you're saying. Um, and have you done that from the very beginning when your kids were little? Or do you find that you started doing that as your kids got a little bit older, because I do feel like a lot of moms are kind of like, and even for me, I have to figure out like, how far am I willing to go with how little my kids are? So Croatia keeps getting pushed because I'm like, oh, I feel like they need to be older for me to like leave them. So how did you figure all of that out? Because I'm trying, I try to inspire moms to really think about this, to travel more, especially with their spouse. Yeah. Well, you know, at our five year anniversary, our kids were just being born. <laughs> so that did not happen. Right. Of course. Um, but our 10 year, we went on our first kind of big trip by ourselves and, um, man, they were still really little. Yeah. Two and four. Yep. Uh -huh. Um, I think two and four. And where'd you go? But we went to Hawaii okay. and we went to Hawaii yeah. and we were there for two weeks because we just thought two weeks is the minimum because <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, you cut out. And what did you say? Uh, we have my mother and father-in-law. Oh, are they the ones who watch them? Oh, I said, yes, my mother-in-law and father-in-law are just amazing. So that makes such a huge difference. That's the only reason we can go for two yes. weeks. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait, who's yeah. watching your kids then, with these two-week trips? <laughs> yeah, totally. That's so So we did 10 in Hawaii, and then we did 15 in New Zealand, and then we just did our 20 year anniversary in Croatia. So, That's but my so kids cool. are 15 and almost 13. Yeah. So it's a little easier now. Yeah. They're probably like, wait, I want to go with you guys. Like, why are you leaving me here? <laughs> well, yeah, they do, but they also really like staying home by themselves. Oh, yeah. That does make a difference. <laughs> I love the gra it. The grandparents really just drove them around this time. So they oh, were stoked to have yeah. the freedom. <laughs> yeah, they just had chauffeurs. So, Yep. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. So you just told us yeah. how old your kids are. So how about you jump into um, telling us a little bit more about yourself, your name, where you're from. So you have two kids and, um, and then we'll jump into how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, my name is Wendy, um, Wendy Lou Lee. And um, I, I've been married for 20 years. I've got two kids and I guess I'm, I, Little House in the Prairie really is my beginning and yeah. it has brought me through my whole life. And it's pretty <laughs> amazing that I'm still doing this <laughs> after 40 something years. <laughs> I love it. Well, so. yeah, yeah. So that, that kind of takes me to my first question. I'm talking about Little House on the Prairie and your baby Grace. Um, so how about you share with us how that journey was for you and kind of like you were just saying now, you're still kind of talking about it so many years later. So how about you just share a little bit um, of the background with all of that and how it changed your life? Okay. Well, um, you know, we were eight months old when we started on the show. And I say, say we, we because yeah. <laughs> yes, I have a twin sister and we shared the role of baby Grace. Uh, my twin's name is Brenda and um, couldn't have done it without her. So want to give her a little shout out. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, it just kind of fell in our laps. Uh, my mom was definitely not the stage mom with hiring an agent to try to get her toddlers on TV. That was not our story. Mm. Um, our story was just my grandmother having lunch with a friend who was the casting director and wow. needing twins and we're the right age with the right blonde hair, blue eyes. Wow. And 
then we automatically <laughs> are magically transported into the office of Michael Landon. And he says, oh my goodness, they're my girls and we Aww. have the role. And it's just crazy that that all happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we spent, we spent four seasons on Little House from eight months old until four and a half. And then when the show no longer involved us, meaning that the Ingalls family moved away, mm. and I guess the baby had to go with them, Yeah, <laughs> um, we were done with Little House and yeah. we did one commercial and then we started kindergarten <laughs> and we were just normal, <laughs> normal kids after that. My mom yeah. was done with all of that Hollywood and yeah. we... We just lived a total normal life after that. It's like and you it got it until, all in before kindergarten, which is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. This total lifetime of something before we even start to read. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of wild. Yeah. So we didn't really rein, uh, reunite with the cast until 25 years later. Wow. I met them all again when I was pregnant with my son. And that was when we started going on trips with the cast and oh, really? going to little house sites all over the country. Oh. And that's when all of a sudden we were like baby Grace again. Oh my god. And goodness. so that's basically what kind of started this whole it re-entered my life. And wow. It's so amazing. Baby Grace <laughs> 25 years later. <laughs> yeah, when I walked, we walked into the where they were having this little reunion and yeah. everyone was like, oh my God. Baby Grace is having a baby. <laughs> and it was like, okay, this is really strange. <laughs> you know, Karen Grassley like hugged me and she's like, I can't believe I'm hugging you with that big stomach. <laughs> Aww, so, that is so cool. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And, you know, so you have that part of your life. But the other part that I wanted to talk about too, though, is you ended up getting a brain tumor. And, um, you know, I can't imagine how much that changes your life to, to go through all of that. So how about you share with us the impact that it had on your life when you found out that you had a brain tumor and then walk us through kind of what that looked like. And um, do you, is the tumor completely gone today? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So why it don't is. you, yeah. Why don't you start us back when you found out you got the brain tumor and then just kind of walk us through that. Okay. Well, it was in 2015 and I had been having terrible, excruciating headaches and mental confusion, dizziness, all these symptoms, and probably for about six weeks. And then finally my doctor ordered a brain scan and there I have a brain tumor about the size of, oh gosh, probably like a Ritz cracker right oh. in the middle of mm. my brain, kind of in the middle behind my eyes was basically where it was. It's actually a really great place to have a tumor because there's not really much there. Oh, good. So it sounds terrible, but right. um, but if you had a it's pick, it's not. <laughs> you know, well, right. It's not in the middle of your frontal lobe. You know oh, what I'm gotcha. saying? So yeah. that's really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's not like the greatest news, right? But you do. You, you just have to go with it. You know. Yeah. Um. I. I will say that I wasn't really scared, which wow. sounds that's amazing. Insane. Yeah. 
I wasn't scared because I think I was more scared in the unknown, which was those six weeks of, oh my goodness, am I going to have to live with this the rest of my life? And that was so terrifying to me. Right. So this was almost like a a solution, like, oh, this is why it's happening. Yes. Mm. I was so relieved. And so I really went into brain surgery, very hopeful. Now I knew there was definitely risks involved. And one of my greatest fears was that I wasn't going to remember yeah. Like my kids. Oh, yeah. I could see that. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. like one of that was one of the biggest things. But um so yeah, so then I have um I have brain surgery and I wake up from brain surgery and it is like a whole new world. Now obviously I'm on like tons of pain meds. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wake up more giddy than you could imagine. Wow. And I am just electrified with mm. craziness. And there's a point where I'm my my nurse is rolling my bed towards ICU and we go by the waiting room. So all my family there and my friends and <laughs> and they like I'm like jumping up on down like, on my hey! bed like literally. <laughs> I was so excited and my stepdad was like, "How are you doing?" And I just said, "This is the best day of my life." And everyone was kind of like <laughs> laughing, like, That's "Oh my gosh, she's okay." Yeah. And other, my husband my husband was like, "Oh no, what do we have?" Something yeah got tripped in there, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, God was amazing in that because, uh, just, I guess when you realize that you remember and you realize, oh my goodness, I have like this amazing story to tell. There's just that feeling of like, wow, the world is so full of possibilities. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was, I was pretty ecstatic after surgery, which isn't typical. Um, yes. but that's not to, s- so go ahead. Yeah. I said, that's not to say that it <laughs> yeah. wasn't a really brutal recovery. Cause it, it really, really was. Yeah. So why don't you walk us through what that looked like? So, and I wanted to ask you, do you feel like that you were just so excited, um, because you just felt so much better or you were just so excited that it went well, like the surgery, like, what do you think made you so excited? I don't really know. And mm. honestly, um, it felt like complete freedom, mm. waking up, feeling so free. And maybe that's part of the drugs in you that just make right. you feel so like free to say whatever, mm-hmm. feel whatever. Um, my, my, all my senses were completely awo- awoken. So mm. they were like very fresh and raw and I had no filter. I just said what I thought. And that was not typically me. Mm. Before surgery, I have been a very um, not confident person, um, not sure of myself, and just wanting to be accepted and liked. And so, you know, you're just not fully yourself when you're trying to be what other people want you to be. And so waking up, I just felt this freedom, like I could be myself for the first time, it really felt like that. And that was amazing. And I just felt like God was like, no, 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 no. This is a story that I've given you. And I want you to just be you and just, just be you. Like, don't hide behind the mask. And because I didn't really feel like I could hide behind a mask, like the filter was so gone. I would say something, go, oh my goodness, maybe I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) But it was already out. Yeah. And so there was this thing I got in this those couple of weeks after surgery, I got into the habit 
of not filtering everything mm-hmm. that I said to try yeah. to please someone or mm-hmm. to do what I thought would be the right thing to do. Yeah. I just did it probably because I couldn't help myself. But right. then I realized, wow, is this how people could live? Like you could actually live this way and not always be like hiding or yeah. I don't know. So guarded. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 yeah that may, that does make sense. And so um, I was going to ask you too. So walk us through a little bit of the recovery because you just say it was brutal. So how did that look? And also too, like, how were your kids during all of this as well? Right. Well, gosh, this was hard. Um, recovery was tough in one sense because I could not have any noise. I could not have any light. Mm. I could not have any motion. All of those things were a recipe for disaster. And my Mm. head was hurting all the time because, you know, your head hurts when you have a tumor, but when you open up your skull and Mm. dig it out and then put it back and your brain has to heal, it's like you're, you're kind of on fire from the inside out. Wow. And so all of those, um, the light, the motion, Mm -hmm. the sound was just so hard. Now, if I just lived in a room by myself and got better, it would probably be a lot easier, but I had an eight year old and an 11 year old. Mm -hmm. And, um, now, well, that's a lot better than a two and a six year old. Right. But still, um, it's still really, really difficult. And so coming home was hard. I mean, just I couldn't even take a shower by myself, mm, but yet yeah. I've got these kids. And I remember the, I think it's the second or third day that I was home. I was helping my son with long division. He was just started long division Oh my goodness! in fifth grade. And I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> I mean, that's hard <laughs> for know? most of us without even a brain tumor. I can't yeah, even imagine so, after having brain surgery. Just, just really interesting. I will say that my kids were amazing and they learned so much through it. Mm. Oh, the way that they cared for me. Oh my goodness. I just remember after I could drive again and all that, I would pick them up from school and, and then we get home and almost every day they go, mom, you should go lay down and take a nap. I said, you're right. I should. And Mm. I would. Yeah. (laughs) And I say, okay, wake me up at this time, you know, and they just grew up so fast and learned like they know now they can tell when I have a headache, they're like, you mm. have a headache, huh? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay, my daughter will go get an ice pack for me. My son, will. <laughs> like they That's just sweet. know the drill. Like, I think sometimes we try to shield our kids mm-hmm. from the hard things that we're dealing with Yeah, where sometimes we just need to let them experience that with us because, oh, the, the lessons in that are just, oh, they're just amazing. So that is really cool. Yeah. I was going to ask you, so what are the chances that a brain tumor would come back? Um, there are definitely chances of that. My, my tumor was not cancerous, but I do have a scan every, every August I get a scan for my birthday (laughs) and, um, they check it out and make sure that nothing is growing. So, and I will have that probably for the rest of my life because- these things do come back. Um, but I had a really great surgeon who got 99.9% of it, you know, mm. so our odds are really good. Not yeah. that I believe in odds, but <laughs> right now, do they know why you might've gotten a brain tumor or is this just, you know, the body just sometimes creates tumors and that's just what uh, it is. 
they don't, they don't know, but mm. I kind of have a theory. Um, a lot of times great amounts of stress can trigger something like this happening. Mm. And, um, my tumor was slow growing. They said between five and 10 years had been growing. Oh, and about nine, nine years before I got it, my dad died of a heart attack and I was with him and tried to save him. And I honestly just, I think nobody can prove it, but I think that that is what kind of triggered it. it. Mm. I do. That's what I believe because it was so intense and I blamed myself for years. Wow. So carrying that that around with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's me. I really believe that that's probably had a play in it, but you know, who knows? Yeah. They don't know. But that is interesting though. Yeah. Yeah, To like kind of tie back to that. Um, Mm -hmm. I was going to say, um, you and I had talked about this before and, and how people might think, you know, in, in the regards of thinking about life being lucky or not lucky and, you know, kind of going along with, well, you were lucky to get on, you know, little house of prairie and, and then also, but then also you're not lucky to have a brain tumor. So what are your thoughts with all of that and how God has kind of shown you um, how he has worked in your life in regards to that? Yeah, I just, I just think we are all so prone to good things happen. Oh, you're so lucky. Bad things mm. happen. Oh man, bummer. What are the <laughs> odds? You know, I yeah. just, we live our lives like that. And, um, when you, especially after you've had some hard times and then when you step back you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. but you step back and you see, wow, look at how these things have unfolded. Look at how this thing led to this thing, which led to this thing. And pretty soon you have to realize this is not chance. Like there is a reason for what I've gone through. And I just believe that there's just this sovereign plan that God has created for each one of us. Mm. And there is a verse in Psalms that's um, Psalms 139, and it says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And I love that verse because sometimes you have to think like, okay, no, 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 this is totally in the plan. This mm-hmm. was ordained for me. And I think sometimes we we see something bad and we think, ah, God would have never planned this for me. This is so outside of his will because he would not want something that's bad for me to happen. But then you're like, no, 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 no. It's just because you don't know what's on the other side. You haven't gotten that 2020 view yet. And so Mm -hmm. you see it as bad, but if you can just wait and be patient in that waiting and get through that, And then you see all this fruit and you see these new opportunities and you see how God can use that story. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh my goodness, that was the plan. And I mean, when I think of Little House in the Prairie, and I always thought, why in the heck did God give us this amazing gift of being on the show and of all the characters to be named Grace? What a gift, right? (laughs) And then what I always thought, I think God did it for a reason, but I'm not really sure what it is, mm, you know? Yeah. And now my life, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's why he wanted me to be baby Grace. Yeah. You know, and now just cool. to have this really amazing opportunity to talk to fans and encourage mm. them and pray for them as they're going through their health challenges. And I just see like it come around like full circle. So 
yeah, I guess I don't think there's lucky and unlucky. I don't know at all. I'm, and I think it helps you in the good times. You can actually thank God for what he's giving you. And in the bad times, you can trust that the good's coming. And then when the good does come, you can thank him again, because that's really what it's about is thanking God for what he's given you. Yeah. I like that. And it it ties into, um, because we're getting closer to the end of the show, but um, how I feel like so many women, especially moms, just have such a hard time with comparison and kind of just talking about what you're sharing with us, you know, especially on the good moments, it would be so easy for people to compare, like, look what she has, you know, and, and maybe not even knowing that you had a brain tumor, like her life seems so great. Look at you just got back from Kauai show. You went to New Zealand, like, look at Wendy, her life's so cool. Um, and you, people can get stuck in that, right? Because they're just like focusing on everyone else's, you know, highlights. And, and I just, ha- I just did an episode, um, the other day talking about the highlights of people's lives, especially on social media, like really only seeing the positives of everything and how comparison can really kill us. I mean, seriously. And so um, what is your thoughts with comparison, especially having the mindset that you do um, now? Well, man, I just lived in comparison my whole life because I had twin sister and she just was good at everything. I tell Mm. you, it was the hardest thing to be. That would be hard. Brenda's twin sister. (laughs) Oh gosh. I just, you know, she was just like valedictorian and captain of every team, MVP, went to the college she wanted and married her high school sweetheart. I'm like, Uh are you kidding me? Like, how can I? (laughs) It's like everything seems so easy. Yes. It just seems so easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And now I guess I see like all the things that were really hard for me were just part of the story that God Mm. wanted to give me and part of me being able to identify with people that don't feel like they're enough. And even my sister doesn't feel like she's enough. We all don't feel like we're enough in one way. We're just comparing ourselves to somebody else who looks a little bit better that we think looks a little bit better than (laughs) we do. And all of a sudden then we get down on ourselves, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, comparison is just a killer of, of joy. It's a Mm -hmm. killer of definitely being able to be used and being able to even share your story. Cause when you don't feel like you have a great story, because basically when comparison is saying my story is not as good as your story. Right. Yeah. And so when you don't think you have a great story, you're silenced and then mm. you can't be used. And That's so I think because I've realized waking up from brain surgery, I realized, oh my goodness, I have a story that is totally different than anybody else's and it is worth sharing. And so yeah. I think all of a sudden I can be used because I am not comparing myself anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You've got your story. I've got mine. They're all totally worth it. So I like that. Yeah. Um, that's great. Um, it's, I just like getting other people's perspective on it. Cause I do feel like there's someone out there listening that's struggling with that. And, you know, sometimes you just need to hear it from someone else for it to really stick in your mind and, and for the message to get across. But Wendy, as, as we wrap up the show, I do want to talk about fear and anxiety. So that's another, those are another things that I feel like moms really can deal with um, at certain points, maybe not all the time, um, but they may struggle with that. And um, I would imagine as you were going through your journey with your brain tumor and stuff like that, you would definitely have all of those feelings. So any thoughts on, um, 
I don't know, any advice that you can give to moms that might be feeling, you know, really heavy right now, right? Of fear or anxiety. And they just kind of feel like this is never going to let up. Yeah. So fear is, I heard somebody say that fear is believing in the enemy. (laughs) And I thought, wow. Mm. And I would have to agree because fear is saying, I believe what darkness is telling me more than what light is telling me. And that sometimes we just have to think, who is talking to me right now that is making me fearful? And who am I going to believe? Am I going to believe the people around me? Am I going to believe what God tell, uh, talks about me? Um, when I was coming back from surgery, oh gosh, fear was everywhere around me. Um, I was having panic attacks. I was um, fearful that mm. it was going to come back when I didn't know if it was cancerous or not. I was waiting for that test or not the test. Yeah. The test, you know, the biopsy to come right, back. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. I just think fear is all around us. I mean, we can be afraid for our kids. We can be afraid for, oh gosh, everything. I have a dog right now. who just had puppies and two of the puppies aren't doing good. Oh. I'm just so scared. These two puppies are going to die. Like yeah. fear is all around us. of so what yeah. could happen of what did happen of what could happen again? I mean, I would just say we have got to focus on what God is telling us and Mm -hmm. saying, have no fear. I am with you. No matter what happens, Mm. we have someone walking with us. And that is probably the way that I combat fear the most. And when I was having panic attacks after surgery, the only thing that would work was just to quote scripture to myself. Mm. Yeah. And that was the only thing because I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. I literally feel like I'm falling apart here. And Mm. I just had to say scripture. And when I have my scan every single August, I quote scripture through the entire scan, through the entire MRI. I'm just saying every verse, every beautiful, wonderful thing that I've ever heard is going through my mind. And that's the only way that I get through that scan every single year. And just thinking on the beautiful, thinking on the lovely, thinking on what I'm thankful for, you know, I think that is the way to combat fear and anxiety. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, that is. And that's so um, simple and easy for people to do, you know, that um, that's something that people can, you know, take with them anywhere. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Well, yeah. Wendy, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a, an honor to have you here. And um, it was very inspiring just to hear your journey and how you came through on the other side. Thank you. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email and you will be all set. See you next week.